glad you could join me for this mini cast episode of Architecting. I'm trying this different format to go a little bit deeper and more practically oriented on the themes of the longer podcast for each week. This week, we explored building connections, and I got a lot of feedback from people that they really don't even know how to build a network. So that is what the focus of today's minicast is all about, networking. To some people, that feels terrifying. But it's really not when you break it down into the three essential components of your network. The first one is the top of the pyramid, the people you aspire to be. They may literally be your career role model, or they may just be an expert in a related field who you would love to reach out to and get some insights and advice. The next layer of the pyramid is your peer group. These are the people who are your counterparts with whom you really want to build collegiality and you want to be able to be one another's cheerleaders. You want to be giving one another advice and encouragement, but you're all kind of at more or less the same level. The last but maybe the most important part of the pyramid is that base, the people you can help. Who's in that group? It can be anything from a community group that you'd like to work with, an organization where you volunteer time, someone that you are willing to take time to teach or mentor, a student that you might have, really anybody who can benefit from the fact that you are farther down the path than they are, or you have expertise that would be beneficial to them. So let's talk building networks now that we understand who is in each part of our network. Let's start at the top. The people that you are finding for aspirational network building are busy people, and it can feel really intimidating to reach out to them. What I recommend is a very targeted approach. If you admire someone, or if you need information or insights from someone, show them the respect of having done your homework before you reach out to them. For example, you don't want to say, I'm an architect and I would love some career advice from you because you're an award-winning designer. Instead, you might say something like, your work is very focused on the human experience. And I particularly like the way that you created a forum for community gatherings in the last project you did. I'm interested in leveraging the power of design to help people live better lives as well. And I would love it if you could share some of your techniques for how you get these things implemented in projects. You see the difference that one is very general and doesn't imply to the person that you're reaching out to that you are going to really value their time. And they're busy, it's very easy to say no. The second approach, on the other hand, is very targeted, very thoughtful, shows that you have taken the time to understand who this person is, what they do, and that you're reaching out to them for a very specific reason, not just out to anybody. That is an easy yes. The other part of reaching out to a network 
when you are cold calling a busy, important person, is to make it easy for them to interact with you. Send them a detailed message, follow up with a phone call, and offer them choices. You might, for example, say, I would love to have 20 minutes of your time in the next month to talk a little bit more about this. I'm available to talk at the following dates and times. Please let me know if any of them work for you and I will set up a meeting. That is very specific. The person can really hit reply pretty easily to a request like that. You're not asking them to propose anything. You're not asking them to arrange anything. Simply offering some times to show up. When we're talking about a peer group, I want you to be very careful about who is in it, right? So these aren't necessarily your friends. These are people who you feel affinity with. You need to be very careful because it's easy to have whiners in the peer group or people who are very negative and who aren't going to be loving and supportive of everyone else. Instead, they're going to be competitive and maybe even undermine or play people against one another or try to get ahead using what they're learning from you. So look for people who believe what you believe. Look for people who are equally committed to issues that you care about. And look for people that genuinely want to help one another get ahead. And this is a great group, right? Because this is the group that you can be yourself with. How do you find this group? Look around your firm. Look at other firms in town. Consider getting involved in an AIA group or other kind of community group and seeing who shows up. Get involved in national organizations. It's okay for a peer group to be non-local, right? What matters is that you're getting together on a regular basis, I would say no less than monthly, and that you are sharing your stories with one another. Let's move on to the last group, those you can help. This one is maybe the easiest because most people are always happy to have assistance or needed expertise or volunteers. Where you want to be careful is that you are putting the resource of your time where it is the most useful for how you want to advance in your career. Volunteering at a soup kitchen, while a lovely gesture, really uses zero of your specific skills as an architect. On the other hand, helping a community development corporation work with the city to create a master plan of their neighborhood is very targeted and very specific. What is great about working with groups who need your help is there's not only the people who live in the neighborhood or are being served by the organization, but there is the leadership of the organization and its board who are also people who can be those influencer kind of connections that you can get to know better. It's a different kind of getting to know because you've actually done something. You've put your money where your mouth is instead of just asking for something. And take it from me, I am a total introvert. I suck at small talk. When you have a purpose for building your network, when you're reaching out to people for a reason and there is a connection between 
who you are or want to be and who they are or who they aspire to be makes it a lot easier to make that initial outreach. I find that people are very happy to say yes, to include you. And before you know it, you will get to know them better and you'll get to know them better in a meaningful way, not just in those awkward cocktail hour kind of things that happen where you aren't really even sure what to say. So you make mundane comments about really trivial things and the conversation fades away. Yeah, we've all been there. What's different about this kind of networking is that you do have something to say because it's about them. It's about you. It's about the work you're going to do together. I hope these networking tips help. Please share if you've tried them, how they're working, and what results you're getting. Until next time, stay inspired. Were you loving this mini cast and just wishing you could go even deeper with some of this information? Check out the show notes for the link to my Thrive program. It's a four-module online on-demand program that goes deep into the practical, actionable details you need to thrive in your career.